How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with the boys, Alex and Ryan. Today we're discussing Anthony Volpe and why his presence and promotion to the major league level at some point this season could spell the end of Glaber Torres in pinstripes. Now, we've talked extensively about Glaber Torres, the value he has to this team coming off a really good season. His steamer projections have him getting even better. I think they have him at a 3.4 war and 120 WRC+, which is better than his 2020 metrics. Obviously, he had 24 homers with 76 RBIs last year. Um, you know, only got on base at 31%, but overall, he got back to where we are used to seeing him, at least back in 2018-19, with the Juice Baseballs, and clearly, he had a little bit of power that, you know, he was trying to rediscover, and he finally found it uh, last season, and, you know, as I said, there's value to be had with Labor Torres, even if they end up moving him, um, you know, you could supplement other other positions that may be dealing with injury, whether it's the bullpen or a starting uh, pitching spot, you know, there are things that they could use um, in addition to, you know, moving Labor Torres and why Anthony Volpe could end up being the guy, the catalyst behind uh, letting him go. But right now, Anthony Volpe projects to be in AAA. We expect that he will start the season in Scranton. He does have the green light to compete for the starting shortstop job. But at the end of the day, we're not too convinced that he's ready just yet. We need, we need to see significant like steps forward in terms of consistency against major league talent. He only had 22 games against AAA last year, so you know not much action to run with. But you know, Ryan, when you're looking at Anthony Volpe, we kind of discussed when we think he'll get elevated. But why do you think that he could be the reason Glaber Torres is eventually traded? especially if Peraza locks down that shortstop job and doesn't let it go. Yeah, so um, one of the one of the big fa- the two biggest factors in Anthony Volpe's progression, as you mentioned, you know, number one, Volpe is most likely going to start in uh, AAA. There's no reason to rush his development. There's no real reason for the New York Yankees to put themselves in a situation where, in April, when they have a proven second baseman in Glaber Torres, for them to go up there and, and end up, uh, you know, potentially hurting Volpe's development by forcing him into a starting role. Peraza, as you mentioned, is an excellent defensive shortstop. Is probably going to be the guy who holds on to shortstop at least for the for the time being you know we don't know how he's going to hit we don't know how he uh projects long term but uh if he is what he should be you know he's going to be a very good shortstop and a a player that the Yankees really shouldn't move off the position due to his defense um but one of the biggest variables here is Glaber Torres right as you mentioned Glaber Torres not only is someone that you know kind of rediscovered his power last year but took some really big signs that you know he can have a bigger 2023 as you mentioned projections like him more for next year than they did even uh for his 2022 season so if Glaber Torres goes out there goes out there and has you know that really good all-star caliber year consistently from game one to game one 62 do you put yourself in a position where potentially you put Volpe at shortstop even with Peraza playing well because Glaber is playing so well that you can't take his bat out of the lineup right but you know the 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 situation I think ends up happening is that Peraza is playing pretty well Glaber is also playing pretty well but Glaber is number one the more expensive option number two the more expendable option and number three the guy who I think has the lower ceiling between him and Volpe at this point in time if we look at Zips, which is a projection system on fan graphs, they have 80th and 20th percentiles. So 80th percentile would mean, you know, one of the better outcomes. We're talking about a really good outcome for this player. Uh, and then 20th percentile would be a poor outcome for this player. If we're looking at floor and ceiling, Glaber Torres' 80th percentile war projected by Zips is 4.2, whereas, whereas Volpe's is 4.4. OPS plus favors Glaber at 129 versus 120 in this regard. And then if we're looking at their floors, Volpe has a lower OPS plus in his 20th percentile, which is an 81 OPS plus, which is below league average. And Torres at a 9.1 OPS plus in his 20th percentile. But because of defensive value and base running value, Volpe still has the better uh, 20th percentile war. So if we're looking at it from a player 
value standpoint. You know, who has the higher ceiling? Who has the higher floor? Volpe might be the guy who has the better floor and ceiling, but we're talking about a rookie versus a veteran, right? You know, we know what we have in Gleyber Torres. Uh, we have more accurate data for projecting players when we're talking about major league players versus guys coming through the minor leagues. Is it to say that you can't reasonably expect Volpe to be a major league contributor in 2023? Absolutely not. But can you say that Gleyber Torres is more reliable, perhaps? Definitely. Um, so it's one of those situations where this isn't us saying Glaber isn't a good player or any of us saying that, you know, Glaber doesn't deserve to be the second baseman, but more so, you know, we think he's a safer option. Volpe has a higher ceiling, but end of the day, it comes down to expendability. And based on the information we have right now, out of Peraza, Volpe, and Glaber, Glaber's the most expendable and also the most expensive option of the three. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really good explanation. The only way that Gleyber Torres, I see, has a future with this team, and, and that's not to say he's not the cemented starting second baseman right now, because he 100% is. And and for the record, I'm not looking to trade Gleyber Torres. I don't think either of us are, are in a position where we're like, yeah, let's get rid of Gleyber Torres. He's not that good. We want to get value out of him, whatever. He's our starting second baseman. Um, we're just projecting the fact that Anthony Volpe will end up taking a starting job in that infield, and Peraza is pretty much in line to win that shortstop job, and you can't leave DJ LeMahieu out of the equation, so he's playing on the hot corner. The only person expendable is Glaber Torres, and unfortunately, that is just the reality of the situation, but with that being said, you can take advantage of that value, and you can get good pieces that supplements or reinforces other positions uh, that may be a little bit weaker. So right now, Yes, I'm actually pretty high on Gleyber Torres right now. I think he's going to come back and have a really solid 2023 season. The opposite hitting, the opposite power um, he showed last year in displaying Yankee Stadium was awesome. You know, if he can do that consistently again, you're looking at a really like really good player. He can steal some bases for you, 10 plus. They have him projected at 13 stolen bases in 2023 defensively. He was one of the best defensive second basemen in the in the game last season. It was his best defensive year in general. You know, obviously they moved him back from shortstop to second base, his more traditional spot, and he he excelled. And you know, there is a lot to be had with a player like that. A good defensive second baseman. He's seemingly getting back to normal in the offensive categories, and he's only a free agent in 2025, so you still have another full two years of control over him. I think we're going to move him now. Whatever team takes him on, you have two years of sec of good quality second base play. You know, that's extremely valuable. If you move him at the deadline, you have the postseason and the second, you know, a month or two left of the regular season of this year, and really, it only matters, like, you can say, like, okay, two full years of control, like, that's super valuable, but if you're a playoff team and your second baseman goes down or you're having issues at second base and you're like, we need to plug this position, that's a spot we need to fix. If we get a guy right now that offers us value, I'll tell you what, if you're if you're a playoff team, you go out and you trade for Gleyber Torres and you push deep into the postseason, maybe you don't win the World Series, maybe you do, you're going to be like, that was the same exact value as if I had on the entire season. You know, we still made the playoffs. If you're headed to the postseason, the entire goal of the regular season is to get to the playoffs. So if you're cemented in the playoffs, you need to upgrade at second base, Gleyber Torres can be that guy for you. That's worth a full year of control. You know what I mean? Like that's worth this full year and then next year as well. So I'm really excited to see what they do with him. If we ended up keeping him, I would be more than happy. The only way I see the Yankees end up retaining Gleyber Torres for the, the, the entirety of his controlled years is if there's injuries in the infield and the Yankees just, just simply can't move him. Like whether it may be DJ LeMahieu goes down or Donaldson goes down or, you know, I don't know, maybe they trade IKF or Donaldson, maybe Peraza gets injured. Like that's the only way that I see Gleyber Torres like staying for sure. But uh, we have an embarrassment of riches in the infield right now. We have so many great shortstop infielders like developing through the system, whether it be Trey Sweeney, Roderick Arias, you know, Volpe, Peraza, you know, 
choose your guy. Like there's tons of talent coming through the system. And, you know, we haven't even seen some of those younger ones. Like Arias is a ridiculous five tool player that was the young is like, 19 or like 18 years old he's just joining this farm system he's gonna skyrocket through this farm system so fast he's got all the tangible traits to get it done um and be an electric player for us down the line that's not to say he's gonna be an impact impactful player within the next two years but i do really feel as though um volpe is their guy like he's gonna be a starter no matter what way you look at it the only other way i see glaber torres staying is if the yankees say you know what I think that Volpe was always our long-term shortstop. Let's put him at shortstop, and then you trade Peraza, which could be a realistic thing for what it's worth. You know, I'll ask you this, Ryan. I know the probability of trading Torres is probably higher than trading Peraza, but is it unrealistic to think that maybe that they maybe they end up moving Oswald instead of Glaber, you know, if they're looking for a bigger name to maybe upgrade the left field position, for example, um, or add a starting pitcher if, you know, we have some issues down the road? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a couple of factors here that can play into uh, everything. You know, Trey Sweeney uh, got called up to double A to end uh, last year, uh, spent some time there. Wasn't bad, wasn't great, but, you know, it was his first year at double A. It was his cup of coffee. So uh, if Trey Sweeney has a big double A, you know, he gets called up to triple A and the Yankees feel like, you know what, um, Torres is playing really well. Volpe is progressing well. Peraza is solid, but we think Volpe can be a better shortstop. Is a you know even not not defensively, but overall as a player, he's a better shortstop than Oswald Peraza is. Uh, and then at that point, you feel like Gleyber Torres is playing so well, you just can't take him out of the lineup. You know, you look at Trey Sweeney as like that replacement when Gleyber Torres hits free agency. Another factor here people don't realize: if the Yankees win a World Series and Gleyber Torres is under contract for that World Series, and then they just let him go in free agency, that's not a loss, right? Would you rather get value back for Gleyber Torres? or have the best possible team on paper. Another big variable here is, what is Stanton's ability to play left field look like in the postseason? The Yankees know how to rotate the infield in the regular season. DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, Josh Donaldson all got playing time and IKF, despite the fact that there's three infield spots for those four to play, right? Injuries happen, th- slumps happen, things happen. Those all those, Four of those guys got playing time, despite the fact that there were three infield spots for them, right? What if in this world where Stanton's able to play left field, which he's been able to do in Houston and potentially could do so in Yankee Stadium, we saw the LCS last year, you move Gleyber Torres to DH and have Oswald Peraza play shortstop and Volpe play second base in the postseason. That deepens your lineup, right? You remove maybe um, a question mark in left field. You know, even if you don't, even if you acquire someone at the deadline, you know, maybe that left fielder, um, is a better matchup against a right-handed pitcher than a guy like Bader could be, right? So you put yourself in a position where you're kind of not platooning per se, but you're kind of putting your, your the best possible lineup against that specific pitcher and deepening your bench. That's a situation the Yankees could be in. That's a scenario where, you know, you could be looking at your, uh, your, your outfield and your infield and feel really damn good about that lineup. Could you imagine a lineup where you have a Glaber Torres playing so well that the Yankees do not want to move him at DH, a Stanton that's healthy enough to play left field, out in left field, a pretty good Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza? Because again, they'd have to be playing well enough that you feel comfortable putting them in a postseason environment and to the point where you're, you need to put Stanton in left field to have all three of them in that lineup. That is a potent Yankees lineup. That is a deep Yankees lineup. That is a speedy Yankees lineup as well. Peraza and Volpe in the middle infield, those two guys are fast as hell. They're going to play Excellent defense up the middle. Fantastic range. Volpe's only big dock as a shortstop is the arm. They feel like the arm isn't necessarily strong enough to be an excellent defensive shortstop. Move that to second base and watch that become an elite defensive second baseman. You know, I think you can agree with me here. You know, 
there is a legitimate world where Glaber Torres goes out next year and puts up a 125 OPS plus or WRC plus, hits 25 plus home runs, and you can't take that out of the lineup. There's, there's no reason to take that out of the lineup. Figure out a way to get guys played, right? Josh Donaldson's, this is last year on their contract. If he's not playing that well, DFA him. You're going to pay him anyways. You might as well pay, you might as well pay him to not get in the way of Anthony Volpe, right? Not saying I want Josh Donaldson to do poorly. Or I'm rooting for Josh Donaldson to do poorly. But in a situation where he is, that's what you have to do. Injuries happen all the time. DJ LeMayhew has missed two straight postseasons. You cannot sit here and say DJ LeMayhew is a lock to get from game one to game 162, completely healthy, playing at 100%. You know, even guys like Anthony Rizzo have had injury issues in the past. You know, you can't sit here and say that this team isn't better with Glaber Torres, but you also can't sit here and say that the Yankees need to treat Glaber as an untouchable. It's really, I think you, and I, I think this is kind of the message of the entire episode, right? Volpe is going to force the Yankees to make an uncomfortable decision in the infield if he plays very well. But an uncomfortable decision, that's kind of a good problem to have. But also, Glaber Torres could force the Yankees to at least for the time being, at least for 2023, say, you know what? We have a little bit of a log jam here. It's a little bit of a clunky defensive alignment. It's a little bit of a weird lineup. But he's such a good hitter and he's such a good player that we're going to hold on to Glaber Torres and potentially tank the value we can get back because this team is a World Series contender. This is a win-now team. The Yankees should prioritize winning over returning value for Glaber Torres. I think you can agree with me there. I think fans can agree with me. End of the day, I don't care about putting up the banner of the Yankees got more than they should have for Gleyber Torres. The banner I care about is putting up the 28th World Series title. I would love a World Series 28th title. That is all we want as Yankee fans. We've been begging. I mean, look, it's easier said than done, nonetheless. Um, We have the talent to do it. You know what I mean? This team is composed of guys who, if not were in their prime and have a little bit of juice left over, are in the middle of their prime right now. I'd still say Rizzo's in the middle, is in his prime. I think Judge could not be more in his prime. Bader, prime. Oswaldo Cabrera, you know, just getting his feet wet in the MLB. Hicks, dusted, sweep him out. You know, infield, you look at Donaldson, like, defensively, he was a stud last year. Offensively, he's a bit of a liability, but maybe he was an anomaly. We'll find out, I guess, if they can't manage to train him, which I don't think they can, given the fact he's owed $21 million and nobody wants to take on that type of money. You know, shortstop, IKF is more of a stopgap. Peraza dipping his feet in the water. Volpe going to be dipping his feet in the water. Glaber Torres, middle of his prime. Our pitching staff, prime. Every one of them is in the middle of their prime. You know what I mean? And so right now I feel like this this unit, this team, it always comes down to how healthy they are at the end. Like the Astros were pretty healthy down the stretch. Um the teams that maintain their health, like look at Bryce Harper. The guy was playing with like a significant injury and was still mashing homers every single day. So sometimes it just takes pushing through that pain. Like every year, by the time the postseason comes around, DJ LeMayhew's hurt, Giancarlo Stanton's hurt, uh, one of our starting pitchers is missing. Like, you know, somebody's coming off the IL. Like, are they run out of gas because we overworked them? We learned a valuable lesson in 2022, and it's that we cannot force guys like Nestor Cortez, guys like Carlos Rodon, um, and even Severino to pitch too much. We cannot have them pitching more than than what they're comfortable doing because the postseason rolled around 
And you saw Nestor Cortez, man. He was a shell of himself. Like, he could not handle that type of workload. He had never pitched that much in his life. We're going to have to figure out a way to mitigate that type of usage, which is why, for the record, Ryan, you know, made a really good argument yesterday regarding Matt Moore as a really good supplemental piece. can be a bullpen arm, but it can also be a spot starter. Clark Schmidt, Domingo Herman, they're not going anywhere because we need them badly to fill in um, for starting pitchers and really help supplement those injuries because it's going to be all about workload management this season. We are The Yankees make the postseason every single year no matter how shitty our team is you know a couple years ago when Gio Urshela and like Tyler Wade and we had all these like random guys playing positions because everyone was injured we need to do a better better job utilizing our depth and young pieces to supplement injuries and supplement like significant workloads so that way we're healthy when the postseason rolls around they tried to do that they put Severino on the 60-day IL they put you know uh what's his name they put Nestor on what the 15-day IL they tried to keep guys off and whatnot but the better way to go about this is not to just put them on the 60-day IL and come up with phantom injuries. It's to just mitigate their workload throughout the season. You know what I mean? You don't Just don't overwork them in the first half of the year. If the Yankees played the way they did in the second half of the season in the first half and then dominated the like they did in the first half of the season and the second half of the season, they probably would have made it to the World Series. You know what I mean? Like they were kicking ass. They just ran out of gas in my opinion. And a lot of those guys suffered injuries, you know, losing DJ, uh, losing Stanton for quite a while, Glaber Torres finding out he was going to be traded and then, you know, stopping, stop, essentially just stopped hitting entirely. Um, all of those variables played into what was a disappointing second half. And we're just hoping that the Yankees can turn things around and figure out a better way to keep everybody healthy. But with that being said, if they do figure it out and the infield stays healthy, Glaber Torres could be an expendable piece that you may want to utilize to reinforce another position that may be not as healthy. So we'll see what happens, guys. Always happy to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.